Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lions Watch, your one-stop shop for all things England. I'm Marcus Speller. And I'm Luke Moore. This week, we're discussing the hot topic of England's right-back options. It's possibly the trickiest area of the squad to decide upon, but we'll give it a go. We also speak to Czech journalist Andres Lamel about the Czech Republic, and we go back over England's efforts in the UEFA Nations League finals in 2019. That was the worst performance I have ever seen from an England team, ever. We were totally hopeless for 90 minutes. It's another wretched night for England at a major tournament. And did you also miss a left-footed player down the left side? Yeah, but where is that player? How are we going to win this tournament as England? And England win on penalties! Welcome, everybody. Welcome. I I knew at some point we'd have to discuss the right backs. We were putting it <laughs> off. We were putting it off. I didn't. I just thought, just take all four. We tried to get away with it by putting every single right back possible in our <laughs> squad early on. People wouldn't let us get away with that. And then Micah Richards on Match of the Day mentioned Aaron Wambasaka. I'm like, the last thing we need is another name to the pile. And himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So right backs it is. Um, it's got to be done. It's a really fascinating discussion, though. It and is. I think, I think you know, we have to be very careful and show a little bit of self-awareness as England mm-hmm. fans. Mm-hmm. I think we are already a laughing stock in international football occasionally. <laughs> um, we can't really start complaining about the plethora of options we've got. That's right. It's just too hard. Make yeah. your mind up, England. <laughs> yeah. Well, right back, as Southgate said, is, a, is, a, is, a, is an area that England are quite strong at. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that too much. The four candidates really for the squad are Trent Alexander-Arnold, Kieran Trippier, Carl Walker and Rhys James. All have great ability. They've yes. all got pedigree. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Alexander-Arnold won the Champions League, of course. Kieran Trippier's about to win uh, 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 La Liga, hopefully. Mm. Hopefully. I say about to win. Don't want to yeah. jinx it for you, Kieran. He's had a good, they've had a good season, whatever. They've had a good season. He's been a big part of it. Carl Walker, we know his quality. He's won the league with Manchester City. Uh, Reese James as well has been brilliant this season and Walker and James will probably start the Champions League final. So this is what you're dealing with here. Mm. You are dealing with four right-backs who are international and Champions League quality and not just that like latter stages Champions League quality as they've all shown in their careers thus far. Yeah. So it is a very, very difficult choice indeed. So I think that he'll pick three, Southgate, for the squad. Obviously, you can only start with, with one Although back three and wing backs, remember we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. The the form of Trent Alexander Arnold has been much discussed of late. This calendar year, he has been very very good. Liverpool fans have been doing their heads in because people are saying, "Well, but he uh, is his form dipping and and on all this kind of stuff." There was a little bit of a dip, but my goodness, he's come back strongly. But the rumours are circulating that he will be the one to miss out. Oh, you, you tapped into the uh, the loop. I'm tapped into the England mainframe. Yeah, okay, and that's and, what you're hearing. And it is a, it is differing emotions being plugged into. Okay, that. Well, should we focus on them one at a time? Then, Go so on we're going to start with Trent. Let's do it. I think uh, everything you said there is accurate. Um, I think you know we all know that he's better going forward than he is defensively, and um, Liverpool have had a difficult season through for a number of reasons. I think one of them is the inertia that they felt after finally winning the league, which is perfectly natural. Obviously, that's been exacerbated in a huge way mm. by the personnel they've lost. So 
what, what we're now seeing now at the time of recording ahead of the final game of the season, we don't know what's going to happen yet in the, on the final day, but it looks as if Liverpool have timed their run back into the top four perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Alexander-Arnold's been a part of that. Mm-hmm. So you're right to say that his, impro- if, his form has been improved. The problem with Alexander-Arnold, I think, is for me, is twofold. Mm-hmm. One of them isn't even actually his fault, and I'll come on to that. But the first point is that he doesn't really ever allay any fears about his defensive ability. Mm-hmm. Whenever he performs well, whenever we see him with an eye-catching performance or Liverpool win or he does something, mm-hmm. it, with almost, without exception, it seems to be doing something going forward. A brilliant pass from the outside of his boot to perfect inch-perfect cross yeah. or bombing off on the overlap and whipping across in or scoring a goal or a set piece. Right? We, I, I can't think of... And I know we're not talking about centre-backs today, but bear with me very, very briefly. The other week, Connor Cody in had an amazing performance for Wolves against Spurs. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they've had a terrible season, Wolves, by their own standards. Mm-hmm. But he really said, look, this is what I can offer defensively. Yeah. And I don't It think was heartening to see it, put that performance It was needed. It. it was heartening. Mm-hmm. Trent's not really done that defensively. Mm-hmm. And the second point is, he's suffering from the idea that if something negative re-England happens to him, it's always a big story because he's seen as part of the furniture. Mm. And the reason he's seen as part of the furniture is because he's had such a good young career and he's done so much stuff at his club level and he's never really necessarily let England down. We must remember, and this is my second point, mm. he's got 12 England caps. Mm. Only 12. This is not a Gary Neville. Mm-hmm. This, is not, this is not, you know, on the other side of the, of the pitch, Stuart Pearce. We're not yeah. talking about a 75 cap veteran here. Mm-hmm. You know, going to come and talk about Reese James in a minute who's seen as being the new kid on the block, if you like. Mm-hmm. He's got six. Mm. Yeah, he's halfway to Trent already. So and a red card. Well, quite. <laughs> but we we have but we have to see Trent as the character as as the as the player at the stage of the career that he is. It's not his fault that he started so well, mm-hmm. and it's not his fault that when he's dropped off, he's been punished for it, and it's been a big news story. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, and the fact remains, defensively against a big team, and England are going to have to play a big team at some point. Do you trust him? So, do you think the style of Liverpool's play? the way they're very sort of pressing and we know what, what Klopp likes to do. That plays to his strengths quite clearly because the idea is to give the fullbacks a lot of space, of course, yeah. and, and and Robertson and Alexander-Arnold have exploited that superbly. Yeah. Liverpool, when they won the league and the Champions League, were magnificent. Um, I know different seasons, but but they have been, been superb and very dominant in the way they play with the players that they have. England don't have... And, and a, a lot of players like that and can't, the idea of England being that dominant that on the front foot might go against Alexander-Arnold and also the fact that he's playing with his club I mean it's the same with all the players obviously but it's playing. he's playing with his club and training with them every day mm-hmm. so the shapes they get to work on mm-hmm. the system of playing they get to work on it's very well drilled mm-hmm. I think people football fans I think generally under 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 kind of appreciate mm-hmm. how much different it is in international football. Yeah. We've seen managers in the past who mm-hmm. can't work with the players day to day. Yeah, Capello would be an obvious example. Mm-hmm. Not better get what he wants out of them. Now there could be other reasons for that. Mm. But the point is, if they play completely differently, which England do to Liverpool, and they don't get as much time to work on it, mm-hmm. it is a fact that's going to affect some players more than it's going to affect others. And I think it does affect him. Yeah. Well, and Trent has only really played fully, if you like, under Klopp. One yeah. particular amount off the top of my head. If, if I'm slightly wrong there, forgive me. But the bulk of his career, and and that's a certain type of man, certain type of playing. Whereas even Reese James, you mentioned there, he's experienced Lampard and Tuchel. Very different men, very different tactics. And my goodness, he's been superb this season. He looks like a 50 cap sort of not maybe not veteran because he's a bit younger, of course. But he looks tenacious. He, he can cross, he can even shoot. I mean, we, that goal was it at Brighton was an absolute beauty, but it's not just, you know, he seems like he's got everything mm. in his locker. He played in a back three recently. He's played wing back and he's played full back. He will almost certainly start the Champions League 
um, uh, final. And when he's played for England, I was blown away just how comfortable he looked. Yeah, he's a player. Hopefully you'll back me up on this, Marcus, because I, I do get many, many things wrong. But he's a player that I've seen from the very start and mm. told you how good he could be. Yeah. Like, he's got everything in his locker. You can see he ticks all the boxes, right? Mm-hmm. So the obvious situation you have, I, I personally think it's easy. It's fairly easy for a lot of players to pick out what they're not that good at mm-hmm. because the standard is so high in football now. So if you look at Carl Walker, well, if you if you accused Carl Walker of anything, it'll be that he uses his pace to get himself out of trouble a lot. Yeah. right. You could see that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Alexander Ronald, we've talked about. Mm. Aaron Wambasaka, what's he offering you going forward? He mm. seems much more comfortable defending. You know, he's still young. As well, um, true. I, yeah, that's true. I I haven't seen as much of Trippier this season because I don't mm-hmm. watch as much Spanish football. So put puck him to one side for one moment. I don't think there's any real um, negative sides of Reese James's game. Perhaps, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's a bit early to say. Maybe his temperament. Everything else I think he can do. Mm. I think if you tell me now you've got to pick two right backs and you can only take two, I would take Walker and James. Right. Because I would have Walker as the 50-odd cap veteran mm-hmm. who's been there and seen it and done it and has been amazing despite the flaws that he's had. Uh, and I would take Reese James as the kind of next best option who you mm-hmm. never know what he can do because he's not reached his ceiling yet. I don't think Reese James has got anything really any obvious flaw in his game. And I've, mm. I've, I've, I've said that, and if people care enough, they can go back and listen to the ramble whenever. I said it at the time. He looks like he's got the lot. And and he. I think he deserves to go chiefly because of the other things you've said about the Champions League final, about the fact that Chelsea under Tuchel have been so good defensively, and he's mm-hmm. been a big part of that. Mm. Um, so, and, and let's not forget as well, like, he. I think I'm right in saying that he's been able to usurp Azpilicueta from that right-back position mm. where... As Quetta is like captain of Chelsea, mm-hmm. you know, and he's an amazing player and a great veteran. And I know he's coming to the end of his career, but even so, you've still got to go in there and do it. I mean, how difficult would that be in real terms for a young player mm-hmm. to do in a, a senior pro at a big club like Chelsea? So, look, I, I think he's unfazed by most of it. Yeah. Uh, and I like his versatility as well. As I you think say. you're right when you say he's unfazed. He looks so confident. And as I say, just tenacious, dynamic, all those types of words. And, and versatile as well. Carl Walker, I think we're agreed that he's in. Yeah, I'd be very, very surprised. He's got the experience. He's got a bit of versatility in terms of right back, can play in a back three if needs be. Um, I mean, he even kept up with Kylian Mbappe in the Champions League. Yeah. Right now. Well, it, he, he can even go in goal. It, it's true. Be. It bears repeating. <laughs> it bears repeating. And we can't say it enough. He is so fast. Yeah. Like Kyle Walker is still now so fast. I can't believe his pace still. I know. I mean, I know he's, what is he, 30, 31? Hmm. Um but st- I mean, yeah, he's still not that old. You want mm. to be so- silly. And he started against Albania and Poland. He did. We, and the game before that was San Marino, and that was James, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so again, whatever one may think, I think he's going, and I think he'll probably start at right back. Uh, so again, with with where he plays at club level, okay, he hasn't started every Premier League game for Manchester City this season, but Pep likes to rotate and he knows what he's going to get with Walker and so does Southgate. So he's he's a bit of a banker. Um, Kieran Trippier. With Trippier, he has started 27 games in La Liga. He's only been subbed off a couple of times. He's been a, um, a, a regular starter for Simeone. He missed 10 matches after being suspended for breaching betting rules. Mm. I actually think that goes in his favour because he's fresher. I know that sounds a silly thing to say, obviously not doing the the actual act of what he got banned for, but in terms of not playing as many minutes, people talk about these positions and, and, and players like Walker and James mm-hmm. can play full seasons, although Walker hasn't started every game, so again, maybe a touch fresher. They go deep in the Champions League, they go deep in the Cups. Um, uh, y- 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 fatigue sets in, the human beings were crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Whereas Trippier, 
He had a, a bit of a, an unwanted break, it was, but still it was a break nonetheless. Mm-hmm. He's versatile, regularly plays wing back mm-hmm. for Atletico Madrid as well as full back. Mm-hmm. He played on the left for England in the 2 1 win at home against He's Belgium. He's played on the left for Atletico as well. Exactly, which is, I mean, you know, we've got Chilwell and Shaw. I'm sure they'd have something to say about that, but <laughs> but, it, but he has done. Um, he was on the bench for the matches against Albania and, and Poland. Experience, again, we know what, what he can produce in, in, in tournaments, and well, in the tournament, the World Cup, point yeah. in case. Um, I'd, it, for me, I was sort of thinking to myself, well, he's out of sight, so, okay, fine, maybe we'll just usher him away. But when you read what he's done and the mm-hmm. team he's in, and a team who bloody love defending, lest we forget, yeah. despite them being top of the league, mm-hmm. it's a very, very good option as well for Southgate. It speaks to the situation, doesn't it? Because um, I read a journalist, I forget who it was now, earlier this week, saying that like if Trippier was left out of this squad, there wouldn't be much uproar in England. Now, mm. the reason for that is because um, it's because the um, the fact that he's not playing in England, right? Mm. And there's so much choice. <laughs> I think... You do get a situation, as we've mentioned in the past, about how players improve their reputation through absence, mm-hmm. but that only occurs when there's no one there to replace, to fill that vacuum, right? Yeah. We've obviously got a lot to fill that vacuum now, even mm-hmm. though Trippier was the starting right back for England in the last tournament, the, the situation's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. When the World Cup, not the Nations League. Sorry, um, yeah. yeah, the World Cup. Yeah. The, major tournament. <laughs> um, despite what you're going to tell me in a second. <laughs> um, so, so, unfortunately, and I've, I've mentioned this once or twice in this, in this series of shows, and I, I apologise, but I think I have to mention it again. International football should be of the nature that you're sometimes not going to play because mm. other players are good. Mm. And there's been plenty of players down the years who have been fantastic that we've enjoyed watching. And the one that always springs to my mind is Ian Wright. You know, look at Andy. You're going to say Matt Letizia. Well, perhaps not. Um, look at Andy Cole, for example. Uh-huh. How many caps did he get? Les Ferdinand. Not many. Les Ferdinand. All great players, mm. great operators at the top level. Mm. Andy Cole scored a ridiculous amount of goals in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah. And for those who are too young to remember, he got stick all the time for being a. He needs six chances to score a goal. I mean, if that was the case, he would have got half the goals he got. Yeah, yeah. And so, and he never made an impression for England. Was mm-hmm. he got? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think he might have only scored three or four goals for England. Mm. So, the, the history of, of England has been littered with players who didn't quite get the crack of the whip because there were just other players out there more suitable, mm-hmm. or the timing wasn't right, or they got an injury. In mm-hmm. Ian Wright's case, for example, never represented England at a tournament. These things can happen. Le tournoi, man. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And I think if Trippier does miss out, mm. it'll be unfortunate because it's more than likely to be his last opportunity. Mm-hmm. Although I know that the next World Cup will come around quite fast. Sure. He's already 30. But he has had a go at it. Mm. He's been there and done it. To be fair, that's it. not Southgate's... He's had a go on the unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> hey? And no one can take that away from him. They'll always have the memories. <laughs> I think Southgate will pick three of these players in his squad. That's what I think he'll do. Would you agree with that? Because you've got 26. Yes, I do agree with that. And I think also because of Walker's versatility if you play mm-hmm. a back three. And as you've already said... Um, Reese James can play wing back. So, from what you've said there, I'm guessing that you're going for Trippier, Walker, and Reese James, and leaving Trent Alexander-Arnold out. I think I probably am, yeah. But I think that Alexander-Arnold's got time on his side. And yeah. I, th- and I th- the only reason for it, and I know mm. I'm, I'll get hammered for it for, from Liverpool fans, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of used to that, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's because when you play a really big team, mm-hmm. you need someone who's defensively really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually <laughs> think Alexander is Alexander-Arnold is brilliant defensively, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm the only person that thinks that. You see, I have thought this that your thinking was my thinking for a while and then I thought to myself you've got to leave one maybe two but we're going to go for one to make it less tricky so again we can't stress enough that all four of these players on merit you know you you could make very very strong cases for them starting let alone going to the bloody tournament I actually for the reasons that you've mentioned about Trent Alexander-Arnold's strengths 
is one of the reasons why I might take him, actually. And I wouldn't start him. I would start Walker, and I'd probably take Trippier, maybe for old time's sake. I can't believe I'm saying maybe leave Reese James out because that seems ridiculously harsh. And yeah. he's such a great player. I can't stress that enough. But Alexander-Arnold, if England are needing something, if they are a goal down, I look at the options on the bench. Yeah, you've got some wide players. Whether Sancho starts or Sterling starts, you know, you've got options there or Grealish off the bench if, if he takes him, which I hope he does. But actually, if England are really needing something going on the front foot, that's where I think Alexander Arnold's strengths for England could lie in the summer. Yeah, and I think I think yeah, to put it in to wrap it up and to put it in perspective, um, we haven't even mentioned a fifty million pound right back mm. who started fifty three games for Man United this season, <laughs> who are second. <laughs> He's not even getting a mention. So that's how solid yeah. and how deep we are at that position. Mm. And so you know there are no right or wrong answers here. It's all just opinion. <laughs> Do forgive us, everybody. <laughs> Delph into Ali. Wilson trying to turn. Here's Sancho. Alexander Arnold, 2 0 England. Two goals in less than two minutes. And it's the first in international football for Trent Alexander Arnold. It's time for England's evolution, everybody. Um, we are focusing on the UEFA Nations League finals. Last uh, time round, of course, we spoke about the group stages where England unexpectedly came through their group of Croatia and Spain and then into another semi-final so soon after the last one. Uh, wasn't, it, wasn't it lovely? <laughs> Habit forming, isn't it? Yes, uh, of course, they faced the Netherlands in their semi-final, uh, losing 3-1 and the host Portugal, they beat Switzerland 3-1 in the other semi-final. But England went into the match uh, with the Netherlands in good spirits and in good form. Qualification for the Euros was underway. England had beaten the Czech Republic 5-0 and beaten Montenegro 5-1 away, scoring a lot of goals. And now um, England were firmly playing uh, 4-3-3. That was that was the kind of uh, style that Southgate wanted a little bit more attacking, a um, bit more on the front foot perhaps. There were some fresh faces coming in after the World Cup, largely the same, but the likes of Chilwell, he was now the regular left back. Jaden Sancho was getting some more minutes. And Declan Rice had switched allegiances from Ireland to England, much to the um, uh, anger and annoyance to, uh, to a lot of Irish people, understandably. But he was called up to the Nations League finals. And... And then we came. So it was. It felt a little bit like a tournament. Luke, you're playing the Netherlands. Obviously, they were a bit rejuvenated themselves under under Ronald Koeman, and, and it was a surprise for them to get through a very difficult group as well. Well, their turnaround had been quite dramatic. It had been quite yeah. dramatic. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, the match ended in disappointment for England. Of course, they 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 did take the lead. And when you look back, you know the midfield was made up of Delph, Barkley, and Rice. It was a big yeah. ask for Rice. He did look a little bit out of his depth at times. Not too surprising, given that he'd only got two two caps at that point I think it was only his second start hmm. um, but what did you think of the game I mean it, it did sort of, England weren't quite as good as the Dutch ultimately no but then they, they started the game they, they, they looked like they wanted to pound the break from what I remember yeah. and they started the game un, under siege really mm -hmm. and then there was a mistake wasn't there that's right De Ligt yeah. makes a mistake Rashford nips in he gives mm -hmm. away a penalty Rashford scores the penalty mm -hmm. and then you think okay yeah. well this is kind of what we've been asking for when England mm. play a good team and yeah. Netherlands like I say their turnaround have been dramatic they've got some brilliant players um, and you know they they obviously they came out on top and, and I think England almost like wrapped their hand in it extra, extra time <laughs> yeah. there was a, a mistake or two um, but I, I felt like 
Yeah, it's mixed emotions really for me revisiting it this week because I felt like, as I've just said, like for the particularly for the first half, okay, they look like the better team. They're dictating the pace and the tempo of the game, particularly through Frankie de Jong, mm. who was, from what I remember, kind of really central to that. Um, but we're sticking in there, yeah. and we and we and, and it's not the case that it has been in the past where we we've got two banks of four mm. and we're not offering anything. Yeah. And Wayne Rooney's up there on his own, thirty yards away, <laughs> screaming at yeah. Paul Robinson and yeah. occasionally fouling people. <laughs> it actually looked like the semblance of a plan. Yeah. And I think the Declan Rice point is a really good one, chiefly because he did look a little bit like he was looking around a bit. Mm-hmm. But look how far he's come now. Yeah, it's unthinkable now if he were fully fit that mm-hmm. he wouldn't start for England and that he wouldn't be. Yeah, you'd hope he's certainly. I'm not being laughed out the room for saying he could be a stand-up performer in the Euros. Yeah, and also the two players he's with, you know, decent players, and they were there on merit, but they're no longer involved in the England setup now. Quite. So it wasn't the strongest midfields. No. And what did you make of the um, the? Because England did get put under pressure at the Mm -hmm. back, and the the goals. I think certainly at least one of them came Mm -hmm. from another mistake from England at the back trying to play out. Now the reason I'm asking this question Mm -hmm. is because we haven't talked about this very much on the ramble or on this show about the idea that we seem to see rearguard mistakes happen a lot now, whether Mm -hmm. it be a defender or a goalkeeper. And I think, and we talked about it briefly, I think certainly no more than that, maybe a year or two ago, about how a Guardiola Mm -hmm. or a Klopp will say, "Do you know what?" I'll take the occasional mistake yeah, yeah, yeah. because I want to play in this way. And it's it's the cost of doing business. Rather than constant mistakes of giving the ball away. Exactly. Or, or, or you know, making everything a 50-50 when you put the ball up in yeah, the yeah, air yeah. and it's who's got the strongest or best mm. header of the ball. Now, that's all well and good and I accept that and I totally get it. Mm. And it would be a really reactive, reactionary thing to do to be like, oh, well, you know, you can't make these mistakes. Mm. But at international level, there is no season long for it to be worth it in the averages, right? You mm. haven't got 38 games. Mm-hmm. If you get to a knockout stage, as we saw in this game, whether you think it's a major tournament or not, um, that might, if you like Marcus, that'll be depending on how well they, England do. But but you're out. That's it, you're out. Yeah. So you make that mistake an extra time, well, it's yeah. out. Carl yeah. Walker scores an own goal through some weird scuffle. I mean, he was so unlucky. He, I mean, Pickford and Walker nearly bailed Stones out with yes, that exactly. dreadful error. And, um, and, and therefore, and I'm pleased you said the word Stones because that's rears his head again. Yeah. Now, I saw a survey this week saying that... Um, uh, asking subscribers to a website to pick the players they wanted to go to the Euros. Mm. And I think it was something like 90, over 99% of people surveyed pick stones. Mm. So he's popular. Yeah. People want him to go. People accept his mistakes. They think he's the best selection along with he's, I mean, he's been playing in this Manchester City side. I know Ruben Diaz has been next to him. but Now player of the year, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he, he is one of England's best centre-halves. There's no two ways about that. And I mean, I... Jamie Carragher after the game, he was, he was really doing his head in. He's saying it's not playing out or from the back that's that's caused these mistakes. Mm. It's a very very poor decision from John Stones. That, that, that was, that, yeah. That was, he yeah. said he's got options. He, he's dilly dallying, and it's it was it was really stupid, unforgivable. Yeah, really really stupid. And then the second goal, um, the, well, sorry, the third goal, should I say? Second goal in extra time. Um, he plays a ball to Barkley. I mean, should he play it to Barkley? Barkley did offer himself, but then Barkley just hands it to was it Memphis Depay who then squares to promise, promise I think yeah. it was and, and, and he scores and it's a, it's an absolute sort of almost a capitulation but the but the bigger takeaway from that game is that that again England yes you can you can isolate certain facts about this game and say well actually we gifted them two goals otherwise it was pretty mm. it was pretty even in in some senses you know the possession stats were fairly even as well but England they just looked unimaginative and it's that kind of Playing in straight lines. Where's the movement off the ball? Where are the options? And that that this is an age-old thing with with England. The only time they had a moment where they actually moved the ball quite well and nicely, 
Jesse Lingard scores and mm. bastard yeah. VAR yeah. It, it chalked yeah. it off. Now, you'd probably say now, oh, well, he was a shoulder offside and of course that, that's... But, but I think your point is though, with, with England looking as you've just described them, are you talking about... Because for me, it's, there's two ways of looking at it. Yes, they've been unlucky with VAR with the Jesse Lingard non-goal. Mm. But, and, and you're saying they look unimaginative and it's all quite straight lines. Mm-hmm. But actually... That move was amazing. Mm. It was a brilliant piece of play. Yeah. And it showed that they're capable of it at the right time and they have to make the decisions about when the right time is. Mm. But if you can play like that, you mm. can win games. Yeah, and, but, and so that's the kind of, I suppose, the encouraging thing. The, the, these, go- these goals that Neverland scored, mm. arguably all three of them come from mistakes. Mm. You've got the Stones thing. Well, the, Eng- got the England thing. goal as well. And you've got the, yeah, of course, but you've got the delict one as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he goes to the near post and powers a header home. Yeah. It's a great header. And, you know, he obviously wanted to atone for his early mistake. And he's a good player, delict. Mm-hmm. And he's a danger from set pieces. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't great defending. No, it wasn't great defending. Um, but it went in. And that's the thing is, it's these perhaps lapses of concentration. But you can see England, this is about, this, this is this, what this section's about. You can see the evolution. You can see trying to iron out these things. Mm. Right, don't get the ball and just lump it long. Um, you know, a few pundits said that. It was nice to see England not just sort of smashing it hopeful and long, which is ridiculous in this day and age. We're still saying, wasn't it good they didn't just hit it and hope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it shows you that the evolution of this, this of England trying to kind of kick in and scream and get them to play in a certain way. Jamie Redknapp said after the game that, that he, he, he cited the likes of Foden and Madison coming through who like to receive the ball on the half turn and be a part of England evolving and improving their style and quality of play. Well, you get what he means. Yeah. And now Southgate has some of these players. Madison, I don't think, will go, but he has some of these players, which you think, right, now try and play like that a bit, I, I, mm. I suppose. Um, I mean, very quick mention, off the off the pitch, there was some trouble with England fans, which you think, oh, blimey, that's... Uh, Something that will not evolve. <laughs> Sadly, yes. Yeah. We, we need a lot of evolution there, for crying out loud. Um, but England, they played Switzerland in the third-place playoff, and the game finished nil-nil after extra time and went to penalties. I mean, England dominated the game. The game was mad. It yeah. was quite mad. I've never seen a game with more... Times hit the woodwork. <laughs> I'd, I'd challenge anyone listening to this to find me another game where the woodworks hit more time. Mm, there was a fair few, wasn't there? I mean, Callum Wilson was denied a goal by, by VAR. Mm-hmm. I think it was a slight handball or foul or something. But, you know, England dominated the game and another day would have won. Well, Jan Sommer was an amazing fan. He was, yeah. He made yeah. two of the best saves you will ever see. Mm, he was very good in goal. Yeah. So, uh, so, fair enough. But the game goes to a penalty shootout. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, don't lose this because it just... I don't think it would it would completely undo. Obviously, the penalty that win against Colombia, but if you can win this, it's just another yeah. example that England have. Um, and the pressure was off. It's a third place match in a in a tournament that people a some major tournament. some don't consider a major tournament. Yeah. You know, but either yeah, way, it depends if we win or not. Absolutely, yeah. but either way, the pressure was off definitely. But what I found so interesting with the England fans in in the end that they took the penalties, it was a carnival like atmosphere, yeah. and the feeling was, oh yeah, we've got this. Yeah. Now I might be interpreting that. I am interpreting that in my own way. Yeah. But that certainly was the feeling. And in a weird way, if you know what I mean by this, England never looked like losing that. No, and I think it's a really important point to make, chiefly because England dominated the game. Janssen was in inspired form. Uh, they changed the shape, the shape slightly. Played a four-two-three-one, and changed the personnel. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of them, from what I remember. Yeah. You had Dyer and Delph at the base of the midfield. Yeah. Um, and you had um, Lingard started and all the rest of it. Mm. But the point being, Marcus, I think you make a good point, is that. If England had dominated a game in the tournament and it had been nil-nil, mm. the, the, the default position for an England fan of a certain age would mm-hmm. be, well, we're going to lose on penalties yeah. now because that's how it goes. Yeah. But it wasn't like that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And it wasn't like that because the damage had been 
so, well, not down, because the, the die had been cast with what they did against Colombia. Mm. It was no longer anything to fear. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a, the, one of the most European things you can ever do and get our goalkeeper to take a, take a penalty. Love that. that is a swagger. Yes. Yeah. I think Pickford's far too busy as it is, mm. and the last thing he needs to be doing <laughs> is doing that. But to be fair to him, lovely one. He saved the next one. Yeah. So, uh, not the next one. It was the next book. The, one. Yeah. Sorry, the one after. But yeah, still, yeah, yeah, he was the hero. Yeah. Once again, I mean, all, all out of the six takers, only Eric Dyer was involved in the shootout against Colombia, but all six scored. And again, I think that's just... But Dyer's also scored the, the decisive one. Yes, he did, yeah. This time, and against Colombia. He's the man of the moment. He's got to go. Which is he why has he, to come. Which is why he needs to be there. <laughs> um, I, 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 but it restored a little bit of pride and just kept a little bit of momentum for Southgate. And I think it was important to win that penalty shootout. Apparently they were handed their third place medals in just a plastic bag. They are, lads, well done. But Pre-COVID as well. It was, yeah. yeah. But I think the final shows that if England wanted to become a more attacking team and express themselves a bit more... Than, than they had done in the World Cup, of course. There, there was work to do, and there is work to do. They don't have a player like Frankie Dion who can can dictate the play and, and whatnot. And they did lack a little bit of movement and options in midfield and a little bit off being considered one of the best teams in international football. Yeah, but I think, you know, if you view it in the round, um, you come for a tough Nations League group, mm. Croatia and Spain. We talked about that already. Um, you were of the opinion that Spain and Croatia took it seriously. Mm. You know, so England... England went through and they got through to the semi-final and the semi-final as we just decided, just discussed has been decided on fairly fine margins mm. and then they go through and have a good, good account of themselves and kind of pick up the third place great that's one step further than they went in the World Cup yeah. in a different situation admittedly but it brings us full circle doesn't it mm-hmm. because he Southgate plays Alexander-Arnold against Switzerland mm. doesn't see them as being a huge threat they've got some good players but you know it's not the end of the world to, to, to pick Alexander-Arnold who does he pick against Netherlands Carl Walker mm because he knows what Netherlands are capable of. And I wonder if anything's changed from then to now or whether we'll see a similar type of thing and that kind of attitude towards Alexander-Arnold won't only cost him a starting berth for England, it might cost him his place in the squad as well. There we are. Well, ahead of uh, Euro 2020, Gareth Southgate will be prepping his side for the group games, including one against the Czech Republic. I recently spoke to Czech journalist Andres Lamel about uh, Yaroslav Shilhavi's team who beat England in the Euro qualifiers, of course, in 2019. Andre, the Czech Republic, in the last three years, they've had quite a successful time. In in 2018, they failed to qualify for the World Cup in, in Russia. And as if my memory serves me correctly, they weren't in a particularly good place. And they, they then hired Yaroslav Shilvani to become the national team manager. And since then, they've qualified for the European Championships, of course, and they finished top of their group in the UEFA Nations League. It seems he's improved the team. He changed the atmosphere in the team. You know, I just uh, the, the team was not successful at the uh, European Championships 2016 in France. Peter Cech resigned, Tomasz Rosicki resigned, some other players. They ended their career and there was a new generation coming in. And mm-hmm. Jaroslav Shilhavi just got the momentum of the young players, the momentum of Slavia Prague, uh, team that is unbeaten Czech champions who who play modern style of football, attacking football, positive side. He changed the atmosphere also in the, in the team, invited some other players, and he just is doing well, as you said. He improved the results, and uh, after being beaten uh, 5-0 at Wembley against England, since that time, I think it was the turning point that uh, the results improved. He is... Uh, He's supporting a kind of attacking football. Like maybe you have noticed, like Slavia Prague played against Leicester and Arsenal. There's mm-hmm. 
attacking football with the left back, right back playing as wingers, supporting the attack a lot. There are two active wingers. There's a lot of uh, lot of uh, players supporting attack in the penalty box, but they are still capable to return to defensive block. And the symbol of this uh, change is Tomáš Soucek, the West Ham midfielder who was transferred from Slavia to, to England, who becomes the new leader. He's a deputy captain, he says. He likes the spirit of the team and he represents the new generation that wants to be successful, is hungry to be successful. And um, if we talk about the quality of, of the Czech Republic, they might have some little problems in the defense, might, have, might be looking for number one uh, forward, but still they will be difficult size, side to play it against for everybody. Yeah, that's. I think. Yeah, I, that's the impression that I've got. Obviously, you've seen them a lot, lot more than I have. But, but this side, they don't have some of the big names that we've seen previously with with Czech sides. But they look like a very cohesive unit. They've got a strategy and a formation, and they they have a plan. And they look like a team who, despite that 5-0 against England, as you say, which seems a long time ago yeah. now, um, and I don't think that would happen again personally. Um, they, they they seem quite a hard team to beat. Uh, yeah, this is this is when they say about uh, the main uh, the main start of the team. They always say teamwork. It's teamwork. Mm. You know, Tomáš Soucek. You know him. This is the tall guy from West Ham yeah. who is <laughs> He's had a great every ball which is flying away and yeah. running from the first minute to the 19th minute. Amazing guy. I've seen him playing for Slavia since he was like. 14 and now it's amazing what he has achieved and this guy he scored a hat-trick uh, against Estonia in the recent World Cup qualifier mm-hmm. he got the ball and he had it signed by all the teamwork all, all the staff and all the team like everybody had to sign it and he kept it among his best, biggest trophies because this is just a little detail but what he feels is just this is not the achievement of my individual I'm not a star but this is a team achievement and this is this is what represents this the, these players who come there they, they are ready to work for the team there's not a one player that we like, like Patrick Schick from Leverkusen, that everybody would try to pass the ball to him to mm-hmm. score. They are always trying to create chances with one-touch football, quick counter-attacks, set pieces, and then they are never, never playing for one person. Not, not there are not the big stars like in the past we had Milan Baros. In the past we had Tomasz Rosicki. Now, now it's not. It's not like that. This is the team. Mm. You, you've mentioned, uh, obviously, Suchek and, and, and briefly Schick there, who I'm sure most neutrals would think they're the standout players. I mean, we know Kufal and Vidra as well yeah. playing in, in the Premier League. Which other players do you think could surprise people from the Czech Republic and, and, and turn a few heads in the summer? You, you mentioned Sofal, yeah. He's the, he's the teammate from uh, Tomáš Suchek mm-hmm. and he's, 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 they are like really good friends and they have, they have, they have uh, opened the door for Premier League for the other Czech players and they are nice guys and they, they also they also bring the atmosphere from a successful club back to the team. Uh, there's Jakub Jankto, he's a former Sochex player, uh, teammate from Slavia youth who plays as a winger and he plays with left and right foot and he takes the corners. He provided several assists to Sochex, he could be another one. Uh, there could be Alex Kral, also former Slavia player, who, who used to be a central defender, but now he was moved to midfield. He plays for Spartak Moskva. He gets a lot of minutes playing there. He could be he could be the star. But there are some others we may be surprised by uh, the names like Holesh or Masopust, who play for Slavia. 
uh, in this in this fantastic season they have had so far. There's one drawback. There was Lukas Probot. He got uh, he, he is the guy who scored away against Leicester. Uh, he was one of the biggest uh, rising stars of Czech football, and like he would have definitely been in the starting eleven against England and in the, in the Europe against Scotland for all the games. But he got injured. He uh, injured his knee badly, and he's now out till um, the end of the year. I think he has to undergo an operation. Mm. The obvious question, I suppose, I'm going to ask you is that they qualified for the European Championships in a group, which of course also featured England. Now, England won seven out of the eight games in that group, with their only loss coming, of course, to the Czech Republic, which was the the second game they played against each other. You saw, from an English point of view, you could see the improvement from you know the five nil was was quite easy for England. Then of course they go and they go and lose. Are you confident that that they could do that again to England? That was a that was a big big uh, cheer up mm. for them. And I spoke to yeah. Gareth Southgate actually after the game. We had an interview in the flash, and I asked him about the change between the Czech Republic. And he answered something like it was a playing a different team, <laughs> like it was different, yeah. different side. Yeah, and I think they they um, it's it's good because it's going to be an open football. They are not going to attack against defensive blocks. So just they are capable to repeat that. And I have seen it recently when they played Belgium. And when they uh, the game against Belgium ended one one, Lukaku equalized in the second half. And like the coaches and the players of Belgium said, they were happy to get a point out of this. It's just they repeated a similar kind of uh, performance as they did against England, against Belgium, which is one of the best sides in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah. If they if they, they have a lucky day, if they don't make stupid mistakes in the defense, they are capable to play. Or they will. They will. I'm, I'm sure they will try to play like that, like they played against England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for England, it, it would be tempting for. Um, an England fan to think, well, Czech Republic, you know, England should beat them. But actually, in a way, that loss to the Czech Republic is something that, that both managers could use. It was a very funny story about that. You see, actually, at the draw, when they, it was drawn against the other, Southgate met Chilavi and Southgate said, again, again. And it was like, he was not very happy seeing him again, this guy, you know, just... <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was like he's, he's a nice guy he wouldn't say anything anything bad but he was just saying again again you know it's just, I had a feeling even when I heard the story that I had a feeling that they would have uh, would have preferred to to playing somebody else in the group but it's uh, yes yes that's yes he, I, I mentioned that after Belgium I said I said to Shilhavi I asked him did you have the same feeling as against England after after defeating England and he said no this team was even better uh, the, the way we played against Belgium, there was no teamwork. There was no chance goal. The winner was partly, partly like a, it was not a worked, you know, very, very built up goal. But he, he, say, he said his feelings were better than, than after beating England. Uh, finally, Andre, what do you think of this England side going into the tournament? There is, there is hope and expectation in England. Of course, there's some, there's some good players. There's also some worry about certain injuries and, and whatnot. So people in, in England, they're sort of a bit confident, but they're also wary that we've been confident before and, uh, and it's not happened. So what, what do you think of this England team? Well, uh, my first tournament was back 1976 when Czechoslovakia won, then 78 Argentina, <laughs> 82. And I was supporting England since that time because I just saw that the Premier League or the top English division is the uh, is the best league in the world. So just oh, bless it, you. Produce, it should produce the bunch of players that should lift the trophy. You know, of course. 
Yeah, and I, I think this. Uh, when I spoke about the Czech Republic, it can be also said about England. You've got the players like Foden, Rice, Mount, a lot of young players, you know, who are hungry for the success. And I expect them to be one of the favorites, not just to qualify from the group, but to reach the final and win it. When when else, you know, you've got the semi-final, 6th and 7th July, London, Wembley, mm-hmm. then the mm-hmm. 11th of July, Wembley final. When else do you want to lift the trophy? That's, that's the right time. <laughs> well, <laughs> miss Andre, if you missed that one, what else do you want? <laughs> but the England missed in Euro 96 and the know, Czechs didn't, I you know, see? I know, because of... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Czech Republic's year. Maybe it's they'll get to the final and they'll they'll do it at Wembley. Oh, but they didn't do it in '96. Maybe this year. Oh yeah, that's different. <laughs> that's a different different team. But there, there was the when I spoke to Lukas Masopus, I mentioned this because I had a chance because of my work to to, to them. They were they might be inspired by that. By by the way, they might mm. be inspired by this because they know it's 1996 was very famous final. So mm. the the players will know about that, and probably the coach will use it and will show the show the show them the video from the final finals they know it Andre thank you very much for talking to us it's been it's been interesting and enlightening on the Czech Republic scene thank you for inviting me thank you Andre well there we are a great bit of insight about what to expect absolutely right yeah, try yeah. to deliver to our listeners whether it's a Croatian expert or a Czech Republic expert yeah. or dare I say a Scottish expert yes um, a nice bit of insight from Andre there thanks Indeed, to him yeah. for joining us well as I sort of briefly made the point there that both managers will use that uh, 2-1 victory from the Czech Republic in 2019 um, the, the Czechs will use it as to say we can beat we these can do it, yeah. and England will say oi they, they've beaten us before get your we, head on get your head on exactly absolutely right well thank you very much for listening to Lions Watch everybody we'll be back next week when we will know Gareth Southgate squad after the big announcement on Tuesday yeah here's to the right backs here's to the right backs it'll be a nerve wracking time for them wouldn't it over it the next be. few days really so we, we, our heart goes out to them but fingers crossed that people get the uh, result they're after indeed see you next week This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.